Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. All right, everybody, welcome into a special homecoming edition of the pregame Shant Show. We come to you with Marshall on the horizon. Six o'clock on the NFL Network. It is homecoming weekend. It's also alumni weekend. It's also parents and family weekend. And it's also Halloween weekend. So um, I'm pretty certain the city of Conway will not exist after Saturday. But um, that's uh, that's only the best that everyone can hope. So um, we're all excited about this game. This is a game that we've been looking forward to a lot. Uh, Marshall was consistently downplayed in the preseason but we all knew how good a team they were they started off hot they've cooled off recently uh they're going to come into the game with one of their best weapons doubtful the best player in sunbelt history on coastal Carolina's sideline is out it's a it's a weird matchup at a weird time of the year but thank god it's homecoming you'll have a, a packed house you'll have a lot of people there that that are there for Coastal and only for Coastal, um, which is important when you're playing Marshall because Marshall fans travel really, really well. So this is a chance for for Coastal Carolina to uh, to to improve their record, to get back in the fight in the Sun Belt East, um, and, and stamp their their name on this season as Hey, listen, we had we had our, our down times, but we're back now and, and we're consistent. You're going to get a look at at, at multiple quarterbacks. Um, for Coastal Carolina this week, we'll we'll dive into how that's going to impact everything. But uh, Josh, we'll we'll start with you. Does the injury to Grayson McCall matter as much as everyone thinks it does, or do you think that Tim Beck and his staff have a game plan in place that even without the best player in Sunbelt history, they're still going to be ready to play? I think it matters just as much um, to us as Ali does to them. So if he doesn't play then I like it as a clean clean slate. Then it's going to be whoever wants it more, who comes up with the backup game plan, because he's every much a part of their offense as Grayson is to us. So I think it's going to come down to, to him being available, and you don't want him to be able to win that way. But in reality, I kind of think that's where it sits, because if he plays, then they're just going to be able to control the game. They're going to be able to score whenever they want. And I just think that, it's a huge detriment to us. We're going to have to come up with a crazy game plan. We're going to have to get the ball into our weapons hands quicker, much quicker than we've been. We're going to have to go maybe triple option. I know Jared Guest can run that as well. So we're going to have to pull out all the tricks. We're going to have to use everybody. We're going to have to come up with a one hell of a game plan, even if Ali doesn't play to beat this team because they have a great defense and their offense is not stellar. It's, but like I said, it's pretty much just Ali same quarterback that we handled a year ago as well in Fancher. So I don't think that there's, I honestly think we have the more talented roster and it is also the Trickett bowl. Travis Trickett's brother is their offensive coordinator. So we get a look at that. So a lot going on, but yeah, we're going to have to come up with one hell of a game plan and just use everybody if we're going to, pull this off and win our first homecoming game in Chancho history. God, I keep forgetting that we always lose on homecoming. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's really important that you're going to have to get a full team effort here. You can't rely on Grayson McCall to carry you like he has in the past. I know this season he's been a little bit down, but even still in the games that he's not, when he's on, he's on and he's carrying this team. 
you don't have that this week. And and I know in seasons past, we had always, uh, you know, raved highly about uh, Carpenter and guest. And, you know, we're like, oh, if Grayson gets hurt, we're not worried. What I've learned from those lessons is that we should be. <laughs> um, every time the Grayson goes down, the offense kind of sputters and it, it doesn't look anywhere close to um, what it does with Grayson, a quarterback. You know, I'm not expecting Jared Guest or Vasco or Boda or whoever they, they put in a quarterback this week to have it look like Grayson McCall is a quarterback. You you can't replace the Sun the Sunbelt player of the year three times in a row like that. But what we've seen in the past is the offense goes from 100% firing all cil- firing on all cylinders. Grayson gets hurt, you bring in the backup, and it drops to like 30%. And, and like, if we can just get the offense to 60, 70% this week, I think I'm with you. I think this coastal team is more talented. I think we can win this game. That's not to say that, that Marshall isn't talented in and of themselves. They've got some great players. We'll get into some, some individual performers for Marshall, but yeah, I, I just think that, you know, we can't have the drop off Jordan. It's almost set in stone that Jared guest will be the first quarterback out there. What are you looking for from him and and the rest of the quarterback room? What's a good performance for them in this game? Not necessarily statistic wise, but with the eye test at least. Uh, I think that they just need to go out, not try to be fast. Just take it easy, take it calm. First of all, just relax. Go out there, have the poise. I will say this: we have we were on Jared Guest a lot last year, and Jared Guest really this year has played a lot better than he had last year. Like last year, he didn't look like himself. He was kind of, you know, sputtered. He kind of just didn't look like himself. But this year, he's kind of taking his time with the th- with playing. And, you know, he just seems a little bit more comfortable this year. So I just think that everybody just needs to go out there, just play, play loose. Don't try to go out there and be like Grace McCall. You guys got here. You got to play Division One ball by being yourselves. You don't have to go out there and try to be like Grace McCall. You have to go out there. Command the offense like it's yours. Play free. And if you guys do that, I mean, you guys can go out here and win this game. They've proven that. I think that this group of quarterbacks, I feel a lot, you know, confidence in these the quarterbacks that we have behind Grayson. We said that coming into the season. So I think that um, I think that Tim Beck and the coaching staff and Coach Navier, I think they all got um, a lot in play for the, for the quarterbacks. But I just think that for each one that goes out there, just play loose, play free. And be yourself. Don't try to go out there and be Grace McCall. And when you do that, you got all the weapons there you need. You got the running backs you need. You got the wide receivers there you need. And you got um, Kendall Carr as your tight end. So just go out there and play loose and play free. And I think if you do that, we'll come out on on homecoming with a win. Yeah, uh, I think that's always been the problem when Grayson went down in, in years past is like you have to run the Chadwell offense. And Jared Guest isn't designed for the Chadwell offense. I know he's a Chadwell recruit and, and all those things, but like, He's not that, and it, it seemed like a lot of the times the coaching staff was not tailoring their game plan to the quarterback. I have confidence now that that Vasco is is a Grayson McCall light ish, like that's that's the word I'll use. Jared Guest is not, but I have trust that Tim Beck, who ran the air raid last year um, with with Devin Leary at at NC State, that he can do that with a Jared Guest style quarterback, and he will do that. Josh, you had something to add here. Yeah, and it, it kind of plays nicely with what you said. I actually think that the best thing for Jared Guest to be able to do is to go out and throw the ball because 
I don't think he's a terrible thrower of the ball. I think that that's where his strength kind of lies, and he is a different style than Grayson McCall. And there's a reason that Tim Beck convinced him to stay for his last year of eligibility instead of doing what like Fred Payton did back in the day and going playing FCS for your last couple of years where you can start. And it's extremely, extremely small sample size this year. But, and I, I say but even very lightly, Jared Guess is four for five for 130 yards and a touchdown. He's a quarterback rating of 361 this year, and he has a rushing touchdown. So if you just look at that, I mean, he has a higher quarterback rating than Ethan Vasco and Grayson McCall combined. So, you know, maybe Jared Guest is that guy. I mean, that's all joking, obviously, but we've never seen him in this type of offense. We've always seen him in what Chadwell did with him starting was such a watered down version of his own offense where we're going to run the ball 60 times and it's going to be option. He's not really getting to throw even when we're down 15, 14 points in those games like that JMU game last year. I think they really did set him up for failure. And obviously that leads us to put blame on him. So I am excited in a way to see what he does in more of an air raid type offense and really just let him loose, throw the ball. And then I think he's a more traditional quarterback than Grayson McCall. So I, I, I am interested to see what plays out in the game plan with it. So what you're saying is homecoming weekend for Jared Guest is where he gets to stamp his mark as the Heisman front runner uh, with that QBR. <laughs> yeah, I think this is this is Heisman candidate building for Jared Guest. <laughs> JG7, let's go. Absolutely. But well, here's the thing, and, and I said it before and I'll say it again. Jamie Chadwell was a great coach. But Jamie Chadwell was Jamie Chadwell and and his offense was his coach. You know, if, you know what I'm saying? So you're right. We would send out Jared Guest and then it'd be like, oh, keep running the triple option like you've always done. Keep, you know, keep doing these jet sweeps and these wide receiver screens and all these things. We know they would bring in Jared Guest to run Hail Mary plays. Now, none of those ever paid off, but they openly admitted with Grayson McCall when he's healthy that, hey, he Jared Guest has a stronger arm. Yet they would turn around and not use it. They would force him to run a triple option that he wasn't capable of running. I think this is the first time that he has the chance to show off. And if you want to run that triple option, we saw it come out in Arkansas State. We saw it come out a little bit against App State. You can bring in Ethan Vasco from the bench. You can bring in Blake Boda, who's a nice mobile quarterback. You know, you can do these different things. And I think Coastal Carolina will be ready to do that. One of the people on Marshall's sidelines that's dedicated to stopping that is Owen Porter. Um, All SBC first team coming into the season, uh, preseason. He's been a little bit slow this season. And I say a little bit slow. He still has five sacks. But he is he's not quite at the level that everyone was expecting. He's been great, but not outstanding. You'll notice number 55 as soon as you turn on the game. Uh, he's a throwback player. Um, typically, he wears one of those like neck braces, uh, and his jersey never covers his belly button. He is a- an outstanding defender, and I worry about Coastal Carolina's offensive line and stopping him. Josh, do you think that this is more of a scheme type thing to to slow Owen Porter down? Or do you think that this Coastal Carolina offensive line, who has been markedly improved in the last couple of weeks, can do it on their own and we don't have to worry about constantly running screens and just getting away from him? I think he's good enough 
enough to where no, it it won't matter that we've looked better. I, I agree that we've looked better, but we also haven't faced anybody like him in a long time. I mean, since in terms of the dominant force that he is, I throw it back to like UCLA the last time we saw guys that big and that fast and that strong. But I think I think it is a game plan thing. I think that this week with the coaching staff, you kind of, especially with guest at quarterback, they've changed the offense so much in the last three or four weeks anyways, that I, I think that this is kind of another chance where you just go in there and you look at game by game, not, not what you run around the rest of the season. What do we got to do to win this game? And you already have a new quarterback. I think we're going to see a lot of different things. I think we're going to see them letting, getting the ball out quick, running away from him, obviously. And, Jared Guess is semi-mobile as well. He's he's about as mobile as, as Grayson has been this season. But I think I think they're gonna scheme away from him. I think you're not gonna see them them really try to fight that. You want to keep the confidence up of this offensive line. And yes, they've done better, but I think and I trust the coaching staff from what I've seen the last couple of weeks enough to help their guys out and, and not say, okay, just handle him. You should be able to handle him. Your D one offensive. No, don't do that. Play to your strengths, get the ball out quick. Cause he will mess you up. He'll put you behind the chains. And if he, he gets going and their defense gets going, then it, we're going to be in trouble. So I, I think it is more of a game. Plan. Yeah. Marshall's defense uh, is, is not great. I mean, they're, they're giving up essentially 30 points a game, puts them 88 uh, 88th in the country out of 130 uh, yards per game. They're 71st. You know, third down conversions for their opponents is where they really sparkle. They are 11th in the country. Uh, opponents are converting only 30% of their third downs against Marshall. Um, and that's mainly because they can send Owen Porter and just like go rack shop. He, he's that level of player where they can send four guys or send three guys after the quarterback. And as long as one of them's number 55, he's going to get pressure. He's going to at least force a quick throw. And, and I think Coastal Carolina really has to prepare for that. Josh, you have uh, have something to add here before I uh, I toss it to Jordan. Yeah, and, and like you said, their defense is, is good and he he's able to get sacks and, and the rest of the D-line. Is, is more adept on that the way yeah the one area they're not as good at and even not even close as good as us is, is stopping the run and luckily in a game where you don't have your quarterback we you got four running backs now that are up to speed because they've been getting Baltazar in the game he had 80 yards last week so I think Bennett Baltazar Reese White and Beasley I mean you got to run those guys out that's something that we like to do we like to establish the run we can do it in many different ways like you said jet sweeps triple I mean our receivers can run as well so if there was ever a game where it was it's nice to play somebody allowing almost 200 yards a game to the ground this is the spot to do it especially when you don't have your quarterback so yeah that sticks out to me and I think I know that they will attack that because they run a little too much for my liking anyways, as it is. So that's something that definitely plays into our hands, especially this week with the person. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's really um, a good point. I'll, I'll give some numbers on that. Marshall's rushing defense um, in terms of yards per rush is 128th. They're giving up close to five and a half yards per rush. Um, and then total uh, opponent rushing yards per game, they're 117th out of 130. So um, giving up nearly 200 rushing yards a game. So I'll, I'll turn that into my question for Jordan. 
we waxed lyrical about Jared Guest and what he brings to this program. With those numbers in mind, with the threat of Owen Porter in mind, do you think this is a game where you bring in Jared Guest for a drive, then you switch to Vasco, then you bring in Jared Guest for another one, you switch to Vasco? And on those drives with Vasco, you're almost certainly just running it down Marshall's throat. Do you think that's something that the coaching staff explores, or do you think they'll just use the stable of running backs like they have been and go more traditional, you know, uh, NFL style offense with Jared Guest? Yeah, that's that's a tough question. And you really can't go wrong with either or. I mean, Ethan Vasco, we've seen what he can do. I mean, my God, the man pretty much retired, Josh. I mean, we bring that up a lot, but he's pretty much retired, Josh, from ever playing football. But I mean, it's kind of I would I would like to see them run a two quarterback system. I would kind of like to see them do like what UCLA did for us. And I would like to see them try to get Jared Guest out there for a couple of drives and see how he does with the offense. And then if he doesn't really get the ball moving well on the offense, then bring in Ethan Vasco. I mean, at this point in time, you really can't go wrong with either or. I'm not even so I'm not even selling out the the thought of even letting Blake Bowda come in for homecoming. I just think that that's just what we have to do. But I wouldn't mind Ethan Vasco starting out. I mean, I mean playing some because, like you mentioned, J- uh, Curtis, he brings so much to the offense. And I think that if you continue on with with how he plays, then we'll be just fine. But I wouldn't mind a two quarterback system. I would like to see that. And if things go the way I think, then you know maybe maybe the two quarterback system wouldn't work, wouldn't be so bad. But I know our offensive line is going to have a little bit of trouble with uh, their defensive line. But I think that the way our the uh, offensive line has played the last couple of weeks, I think that I think they played pretty well, and I think that they'll hold up. You never know, Tim Beck. You just never know the the, the schemes that he has in, in play, the coach that he is. You just never know what you got gonna see. So we'll just have to see what happens on Saturday night. Yeah, I don't think I'm opposed to a quarter a two quarterback system, and you just go with a hot hand after halftime. I think that's totally acceptable in a game like this, in a situation like this. That that's your game plan is is you go into it. You know, Jared Guess is going to get the start. Ethan Vasco is going to get a couple of drives, too. Whoever's drives are more successful is the quarterback who comes out of halftime. If he gets cold again, you go back. Is that a winning recipe for most teams and in most games? No, I don't think so. But the unique character that both, or excuse me, the unique talents that both of those players have benefits Coastal so immensely that I think it's worth the the challenge and the risk to you know, maybe it impacts your team momentum in a different way to bring in a new quarterback. Maybe it's a confidence, you know, killer for the quarterback who has to come out. But I think you're willing to take that risk with with number 10 on the sideline. We'll do a hard pivot to Marshall offense. You know, Rashawn Ali came into the season as one of the top three running backs in the Sun Belt, I would say. And he's been good, but not spectacular. Their rushing offense is, is actually pretty terrible uh, as a team. They're 111th in yards per play uh, at 3.3, so they're not even gaining enough for a first down. Um, in time, it, you know, if you do three downs of rushing, they're not getting the 10 yards. Passing, Fancher's been iffy, you know, and, and Rashawn Ali is out. So they're losing their best weapon, even though he hasn't been spectacular all-world player this season. He's still their biggest weapon. Josh, how does that change the approach approach from Marshall? Do you think they go more pass heavy or do you think they lean into the strength they already have, even though they're missing their most talented running back? If they're missing their most talented running back, I honestly think they do go more pass heavy. They run so much of that offense through that kid and, and he gets 
like 100. He's, I mean, he's averaging like 120 something total yards per game, including receiving work as well. So it, it doesn't bode well for him. And you saw last week without him against James Madison. James Madison is is good, and they're really good all around, and they have a great offense. But they're they're not known for having like a suffocating defense. And Marshall couldn't do anything. I mean, one, they scored one touchdown. They had a safety that was kind of a botched play. Without Ali, they really they really don't have anything. And, and, and James Madison only put up like 380, 370 total yards against them. That's kind of the same way we have to attack them. And, and with Grayson McCall, it's, it's a different game. But I think they go more pass-heavy, and, and their offense really doesn't scare me. I think we were talking of the offenses in the Sun Belt we've played so far. I'm more scared of almost every single one of them, except probably Arkansas State. But I, I think that their their statistics and their analytics are very comparable. And we handled Arkansas State pretty well without Ali. It's there's not nothing that scares me because obviously that kid is one of the best in the conference and, and one of the best in the country. But yeah, I think they go more pass heavy and they don't have a receiver over 200 total yards this year. They the one guy has like 204 yards. It doesn't look like they have a lot of receivers that make big plays. It's it's a lot of chunk play, like seven, six, seven yard completions. And yeah, I, the more I look at it, the less I'm scared of anybody but Ali. Yeah, Marshall's played uh, seven games this season. And in total, their team has eight receiving touchdowns. Yeah. And, and real quick, I wanted to throw in it's not, they're not us where. They have, if Reese White goes down, we still got three really good guys. Their backup running back, Payne, has 44 carries on the year for 172 yards, averaging 3.9 yards a carry, along of 22. And you look at Ali, 641 yards, along of 61, 11 rushing touchdowns on the year. I mean, this guy, like like I said, he's their whole offense, and their, their backup is terrible. And other than him, it's just Fancher with a rushing attempt only having three players with rushing attempts is, I mean, there's gotta be a short list of maybe four or five teams in the country where that's the case where you didn't get to play somebody in a blowout or, or you don't have more than two running backs at any point or anything. So yeah, without Ali, they can't run the ball at all. Well, and if you look back on their schedule, they, they attempted to play a cupcake in university of Albany and they barely squeaked out a 21 to 17 victory. They were losing in the fourth quarter in that game, if I remember correctly. So right. like, yeah, they were. Yeah. So so Rashawn Ali has had to carry the ball, has been forced into that. And, and I think that, you know, this Marshall team without him is nothing. And that's that's <laughs> I, that's just based purely on the eye test, purely on the numbers. Cam Fancher has seven touchdowns to six interceptions. His completion percentage is good, but his yards are not. His his yards per completion are not. Like I said, the entire wide receiving core, tight ends, running backs, you throw everyone on offense together, they have eight receiving touchdowns. So, so Rashawn Ali on the ground has more touchdowns than their entire offense does receiving the ball. Jordan, do you think that him being out will impact Marshall more than Grayson McCall being out for Coastal? Do you think that this is crippling for them to lose Rashawn Ali? Man, that's that's another tough one because it's like he means so much to their offense just like Grayson means so much to our offense. 
And it's um it's tough. It's tough when you think about those two because man, Ali brings so much energy to the offense and now it's kind of like they're one dimensional now. They're going to be forced to try to be like more passive now cuz they don't have Ali. And the same things for us as well, but it, I mean, I think we have a little bit more of an edge on our our side because we've got experienced quarterbacks that can not only um throw the ball and Jared Guess cuz he's got he's got a really good arm. I'll give him that. Ethan Vasco, I believe has a good arm as well, but he's more mobile as well. Both can run it as well. But I just think that I think for it'll be more challenging for them just off the simple fact that Ali does so much for them and he's one of the main contributors to that offense rushing the ball. And if he's not on the field, it's going to be a whole completely different offense. It'll be different for us as well, but I think we've got more guys that are ready to take the reins for Grayson um, besides um, Marshall because we really don't know outside of the other guy that we just mentioned they don't really have anybody else. So that's why I say I would say Marshall in that situation. Yeah, Rashawn Ali is not like one of their options running ball. He's the only option. So now you're relying on a running back who has almost no carries, has almost no experience, and we're probably going to see their third string running back for the first time all season. I think this is just totally crippling for the thundering, thundering herd offense. Josh, you had something to add here before we get into predictions. Yeah, we. I mean, we talk about depth and the the crippling lack of running depth for Marshall. I said that three players carrying the ball seemed absurd. It, it does because Coastal has had twelve players carry the ball, and on top of that, they've had seven different players score a rushing touchdown this year. I mean, I talked about Balthazar, Beasley, Bennett, Brown can run the ball. They've been giving Javen Simpkins the ball the past couple of games. He's gotten a rush or two here and there. I mean, he only has eight carries on the year, but 65 yards and a touchdown. And they wish they had a guy like that. And he's our fifth running back. All the quarterbacks can run. If we get in a situation where we need to get a yard, I mean, we've seen it in the NFL. I don't know why if you have Vasco just sitting there, he's like 6'3", 225. You ever heard of the tush push? Like, Put everybody behind that guy, and I think he's your guy. I would love to see them implement that. That's why you have a big, strong quarterback like that. But, yeah, 12 different guys carry the ball this year, seven different rushing touchdowns, and they, outside of, they only have, the backup hasn't even scored a touchdown. Fancher's got two rushing touchdowns. So the depth is is just astounding to me. And, yeah, without a lead, I think that is really just where it's going to come down to. They're going to be one-dimensional. And that one dimension is averaging one passing touchdown a game. So that's seven points. That doesn't really scare me. Nor should it. You said it earlier in the segment when we switched to their offense. You and I went through the list of quarterbacks that Coastal Carolina has played this season. And outside of the guy who started for Duquesne and the guy who started and then they made a swap halfway through the game, Jacksonville State, Outside of those three quarterbacks, I'd pick any one of the ones that Coastal played against this season over Cam Fancher. And I know that's bulletin board material for him and all that, you know, whatever. I'd much rather have Darren Granger. I'd much rather have Davis Brin. Even Rayner against Arkansas State, that kid's a freshman. He's going to be really good. If, if Arkansas State has any chance of being a relevant program, which with dumbass asshole Butch Jones in charge, they never will be. But anyways, to get beyond that. He, he will be the reason they do because he's good. I'd rather have him than Cam Fancher, and he's a freshman. 
And so I'm not worried about Marshall's offense at all, but the caveat to that is Coastal Carolina's defense has looked a little bit susceptible to the big play. If you're going to lose a game like this, it's going to be through the big play. Um, that's a little little foreshadowing for my stat that matters. But, Jordan, we'll come to you first. What's your stat that matters for this game? I mean, I think it's pretty simple, and I think it's doable. I think either Ethan Vasco or Jared gets both two passing touchdowns. I think of each – or hell, I, I mean, I think each one having two is a, as a stretch. But I think if one of those can step up in a big game, big moment, homecoming – and get at least two touch two touchdowns, and I think we'll 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 be uh that's gonna be a stat that matters, especially if it's um on the opening drive if we get the ball first because that's gonna set the tone. The crowd's gonna be into it. The defense is gonna see what the offense looks like, and they're gonna be fired up as well. So I think that if one of those two quarterbacks comes in and, and sets the tone off right and has at least two touchdowns, I think that'll be a good stat that matters, and I think that everybody will be pretty relaxed because they'll see that the the quarterbacks are playing well. They won't be worried about not having grace, and I think that it'll set the tone for everybody in the state, but in the stadium, excuse me, that'll have it rocking against a Marshall. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think that the quarterbacks combining for three touchdowns, regardless of who it is, gives you a massive leg up in this game. And even if you have just Jared Guest score two of them through the air, you know that at least one of the running backs is going to contribute one. You know that you're going to hit you know, Jared Brown potentially on a on a jet sweep. And, on, you know, if you have those two quarterbacks playing well, it builds the confidence of this team exactly like you said. I think that's great, Jordan. Josh, what's your stat that matters? Yeah, I really like what you said. I think two touchdowns out of those guys through the air is is one that, that I would look for. But mine is normally it involves a player or something. It doesn't for me this week. It's literally Coastal Carolina scores at least – and it can be the same number, 14 or more first half points. And I think we win the game. Marshall's not good playing from behind, especially without Rashina Lee. They didn't even get to 14 last week at all. So making them have to pass in the second half, I, I just think that Clayton Isbell and Tobias Fletcher had an interception last week. Those guys are just going to have a field day and we'll be able to play pass coverage, and we're good when we get teams in that type of situation, and we can put the game away and get that turnover. So, yeah, I think 14 first-half points come out, and not even blazing, just just come out decent, get two touchdowns, show that the offense has life, and I think Marshall's going to fold, and it's just going to be too much, and the crowd is going to be there. The other stat that matters is 5,500. Coastal put out, sold out all tickets other than student tickets, which means that 5,500 students have to show up to break the attendance record at Springsbrook's, I mean, at Brooks Stadium. So I think 5,500 is the stat that matters for me as well. Let's break the attendance record. That's slightly less than half the student body. You mentioned all the different whatever days it is this week. It's homecoming, whatever. Go out, support. Let's break the attendance record. Let's be loud. Let's keep as little green in the crowd as possible. And yeah, that's another stat that matters for me. Yeah, Springs Brooks, you're already looking forward to baseball season, which so am I. Caden Bodine looks <laughs> ridiculous in fall camp, but uh, he does. Uh, but yeah, so like my stat that matters, I foreshadowed it before, is plays of 20 plus yards. I think if you limit Marshall to only two of those, you win this game. And I know that's like, oh yeah, obviously. 
But Coastal Carolina's gotten beat on a lot of 20 plus yard plays. I think I think you can shift that number to three or four and still get away with it. But I think beyond that, that's how Marshall's gonna beat you. Is they're not gonna throw it downfield for 60 yards in the air. But what they are going to do is throw a 10-yard hook and you break a tackle and you miss another and then he gets 60 yards on the play. They they hand it off to Payne and 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 he busts through and JT Killen misses a tackle and the safety takes a bad angle and next thing you know, he's 55 yards downfield. I think you can get away with a couple of those, but the more that Marshall racks up, the more I don't think Coastal wins this game. And so I'm going to set the number at two or less. Um, I think realistically you could set it at three, but I'm going to challenge this defense to keep it at two or less big plays, 20 plus yards. Um, we'll go around the room looking for score predictions. Jordan, come, I don't know what about nine 30, 10 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday night, how are coastal Carolina fans feeling? What's your prediction for homecoming? I think that coastal Carolina fans will be really feeling great about this performance. Cause I think that this performance from this group is going to help inspire um, everybody that's watching at home that's going to be watching that at Brooks Stadium. I think that the Sean's are going to have to get this win. I think we do get this win. Um, I think we win 25, not 25, what am I thinking? 35 to 24. Um, I think the defense is going to step up again. The defense has played great the last two weeks. I think the quarterback is going to play great. I think they're just going to all play inspired. It's homecoming. We haven't won in like, like a couple years. I think that we finally end this two-game skid on homecoming. It's alumni weekend. <laughs> it's a lot going on. And I think that they're, the boys are going to get a win. And then afterwards, I think everybody's going to head over to Coop and Tab, and I think they're going to have a good celebration. But I think 35-24 is a fair score. Um, I think Jared Guest and uh, Ethan Vasco are going to have a great game. And the defense is going to play great. They don't have to worry about Ali. And I think that that's going to be something that's going to set them off. And, hey, Teal Nation is going to be rocking. That that stadium is going to be rocking. I know that Marshall is going to bring their fans, but it's going to be loud and it's going to be it's going to be rough for for that that offense. So I say 35-24. The Shawns get the win and we move up in the uh, standings. Heck yeah, family weekend. Give me all of the moms on the sticky floors at Tongies. That's what it's all about after this game, boys. Uh, <laughs> Josh, what's your score prediction? Jesus. Um. I think Jordan, I think that's way too many points in this game. Um, it, the over-under set at 46, and I like the under. I think it's going to be a gritty game. I think it's going to be sloppy. I think it's going to be ugly. And, and let's not forget, we really haven't mentioned that in this episode yet, but this is a huge game for the rest of season outlook. You get a win. You're, you're back to above 500 in Sunbelt play. You can realistically start maybe looking at scenarios in which – the Sunbelt title could fall to you in a certain way. This is a huge season. You get to that fifth win. You only need one more to go get a bowl game, and you have a non-conference game left. This is huge, and I think I think we're going to pull it out. Everything Jordan said and everything you want to accomplish is still there with a win this weekend, essentially. So with that being said, I think it's 21-17 shots. I think it's super ugly. I think it's very close in the fourth quarter, and then maybe it's a situation where where Marshall has the ball with the fourth quarter down by four. They can't kick a field goal, but I, I think it's going to come down to the wire either way, and I like our guys to get like a three, four-point win, but I think the total stays under 40, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I think that's totally valid. Um, you almost stole my prediction entirely. I think the Coastal Carolina's offense is fine, but not excellent. I think they're right at that 60% mark that I'm looking for. I think Marshall's is apoplectic and useless. There you go. There's my favorite word coming into the podcast again. But I, I just I don't see it. I, Coastal Carolina wins this game 24-14 to 14 for me. Um, again, I, I don't see Marshall putting up much of a fight or many points without Ali. I think Brooks Stadium is going to be absolutely rocking, and, and I think that they've got to be prepared for a sloppy, ugly, nasty game where Coastal Carolina has to scrap out a win. We've seen them do that already this season, so we know they're capable of doing it. But now's the time to do it without Grayson McCall carrying the load. And and I think that Guest and Vasco can do that. But I don't think that they look like the second coming of Joe Burrow while they're doing it. So we'll see. Um, hopes are high that Grayson McCall will come back and play in a Chanticleer uniform. We'll uh, keep you updated on that situation uh, as it progresses in the upcoming weeks. Again, if you're not going to be at Brooks Stadium, it is on the NFL network, they optioned this game to cable uh, again. So uh, Coastal Carolina gets another national broadcast. So that's nice. Uh, six o'clock also, it's a weird kickoff time. So uh, make sure you tuned in and ready to support from home. Uh, keep an eye on our social media. We're always active all the time, but especially on game days. Um, so follow us on X at the shot show, Twitter on at the shot show um, and Instagram at shot show. You just drop the, the on that one. Um, we appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, I, I checked. I was kind of curious how many episodes we had done and, and whether we needed to do a hundredth episode special. Um, we we already got there. Yeah. Yeah. We put out 108. So the support for this show has been ridiculous. The fact that, that four guys, I know we're missing Mario tonight. Um, but four guys who just, you know, wanted to, to use our time at coastal and in, in the sports media program, um, put it to better use and actually start putting some material out there. You know, in, in all honesty, when we started this show, I, I didn't think we'd make it to our second football season. And we're now in our third. We're growing by leaps and bounds. And, and we really appreciate you guys tuning in every week. So, so thank you to all of you for that. With that, I'll go ahead and wrap us up. Sean's up forever. Fire Cliff Ellis. Fuck Butch Jones.